You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban, writer at Mavs.com, and secret thespian. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What's that? Thespian is like a drama person, like somebody that's in theater or music. No, that's not me, Nick. I mean, (laughs) it's not what I do. You have a secret life. (laughs) That was my past life. I did. I did sing and dance. Okay, I said it. Oh, we didn't, you didn't need to share it. I just said you are you're a secret one. You could have denied it. You totally could have. Oh, I deny it. I do not. I do not do that. <laughs> so uh, today we are going to be getting into our top ten draft board. We haven't done it in about a month, and so we wanted to go back. Actually, the last time we did it was March twentieth. So a little bit over a month since we did our top ten draft board. Uh, and I'm excited because now the bottom four are irrelevant. <laughs> I think Pretty the last much, time yeah. I think the last time we did it, they were all still relevant, but now they're not. So, uh, so I'm super excited about. I, I still did a top ten. Oh, I did too. I still went and, and changed a couple at the bottom, but uh, okay. But yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm excited just for the idea and the prospect that I don't have to care about the bottom four. Yeah, that. It actually it's it's pretty cool when you think about it. You're like, oh man, we're gonna get one of these top six dudes and sitting pretty. Because um, we, I, I mean, the times that we did these last ones, like we were like, man, all right, if we end up with a Wendell Carter, a Miles Bridges, you know, like that's what we talked yeah. about. And now, not on the table. Also, want to sh- I want to share some of my pet peeves. Okay, I enjoy I enjoy Twitter. Okay. And I don't really do Reddit that often, mainly because I just don't like when people don't put faces behind things. And but here's my thing: I love debating draft boards, and I love talking about draft boards and all this stuff. And it's like all super fun until that one person comes in there with, "Well, there ain't no way yeah. that so and so is with their absolute truths." Okay, so here's my thing, listeners. Love you to death. Let's have fun. Let's debate it. But it's okay if we disagree. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's not, if Isaac. Ha- it's absolutely if not. If you have Jaron Jackson at two and you don't, ha- you have eight, like, uh, that's okay. There's there's no, you don't have to come in. Like, Pete, we have to get this sense in us of we we know for sure there is no way. No way is my, I think that's my favorite slogan okay, or the caption. No way. Um. Uh. No way on, on planet Earth that that's gonna happen, or you know some of these absolute truths that okay we get it. Some people like different prospects, but it's perfectly fine to to disagree, and that's okay. Yeah. I also love people that are like, "This is the best player in the draft." When it's like, <laughs> like there's a consensus yeah. that there are two guys that are the best player, and they're like, "No, this is the best player." You're like. And you know, okay. when I read tweets like that, I'm like, cool. That's cool. You have your opinion. Don't sit here and tweet me four times trying to convince me. You're not going to convince me. Yeah. That's cool. Like, I'm okay with it. I'm 
I'm so okay with everyone have so many different opinions on stuff. Especially, especially if you have like, like a Rangers player as your profile picture and like your bio just says like MFFL Rangers. Like, you know, if it just it's so like so faceless, there's like not even a person, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no like person to connect with. Like, like you said about Reddit, there's just no, there's no face there. Like you can't put a face in anything. There's no accountability to that. Like these accounts yeah. that come out at me and they're like, Jaron Jackson Jr. has no place in blah, blah, blah. You're like, what are you like? How do you, I don't even know who you are. What are your credentials? Wait, what is your like, name? Yeah. Or is your name Henry Kenneth? What? No, we don't know your name. Like we don't. So that, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. It would be, accounts. it would be sadder yeah, if I just trusted the, uh, the faceless Twitter account and I just responded like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you imagine okay, I'll change, I'll change my board, <laughs> change my board up. It's not like I should take a, a day to where we disagree with everyone that ever writes this and be like, okay. And even we disagree with all of them. Even I'm if they disagree. <laughs> yeah, even even if they disagree, I'm like, no, okay, yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna get we're gonna give you our uh, top ten draft boards. Mine hasn't changed a ton, but there are a couple changes in there. And uh I'm going to also we have a couple Sotnam Shames. We haven't done this in a long time, but this is the season for Sotnam Shames. They're coming in hot and strong, and we had some good ones today that we have to share. So let's do that first. Let's go ahead and uh let's say, let's share our, our Sotnam Shames, but uh, let's do it right after these messages from, I don't know, people that you know and love. This next person you're going to hear from, you really, really know and love. <laughs> and we're back. Hope you enjoyed that. Okay. Sodom Shames. Isaac, oh, today, somebody, okay. today somebody asked me. Uh-oh. Getting excited for the – this is from Cole Bradley. Shout out to Cole. Shout out, Cole. Getting so excited for the draft. Bagley, Jared Jackson Jr., or Bamba, who you got? And so I I responded, of those three, give me Jared Jackson Jr. If those are my only three options, that's the guy that I want right now. Okay. Then our guy Brian responded, it's getting lonely on Jared Jackson Jr. Island. Seems like most MFFLs prefer Bagley. Okay. I responded, MFFLs overwhelmingly want Bagley. It's kind of weird. And then... Here we go. That's not weird. Don't be one of those guys, Nick. It's not weird. No, it's weird that there's we a just con- have different opinions. It's weird that there's a consensus. It's it's weird okay. that like so many people agree. I don't think it's weird that people want Marvin Bagley. It's just so yeah. weird to me that like it's so overwhelmingly like it's almost a consensus that Mavs fans want Bagley. Yeah. And then this guy, this guy Dave the villain, which is just too good of a, just too good of a display name. Ooh, yes, Dave. To be a Sodom shame, he said. Uh, in response to me saying MFLs want Bagley, he said, because he's the best player in the area where we will draft, Aiton will be long gone and Doncic isn't what we need. And so then I respond, Mavs don't need supremely talented offensive creators. Uh-oh. And then here we go. Here's yes. here's the sodden of shame from Dave the Villain. Dave, we need guys go, who can rebound, defend the paint, and give us an inside presence. Not a super risky, ball-dominant, foreign shooting guard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So I want to unpack this because because I responded with he's arguably not any of those. Now, he is foreign. I'll give you that. He is from a different country. <laughs> I think that's the only true statement. That's the only super risky. He's he's not risky. Like Okay. There are, He has a high floor. So like there like his bus potential yeah. isn't like He's still gonna be a, a like an average good player if he doesn't like if he's not like transcendent. 
was listening to I think it was Bill Simmons and Chuck Klosterman talk about NBA players and how like where the league is going and how nobody's doing back to the basket like low post stuff anymore, which is fine. Which I, by the way, side note to my side note, low post and back to the basket makes no sense because you're turning yourself away from the basket. Just fundamentally, like thinking about scoring while not looking at the rim. I don't know. Maybe I'm going. Maybe I'm going too deep into it. So, the way the league is going. Teams need like guys that are super skilled. They just need skill all over the place in all sizes, all shapes. They need guys that are skilled and not so much guys that are uber athletic. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are, are the best in the league right now, Harden, like Kevin Durant, like those guys are not super athletes. They're like, they're very different, obviously. But like, if yeah. you have a guy like that, they can survive and they can thrive in this league right now. And so super risky, no. I, I can't I can't see him being super risky at all because he can do the things that you need to do as a basketball player. Uh, you need to be able to shoot, pass, dribble, <laughs> you know, and, and maybe defend a little. Uh, and even defend a little is not really there because our MVP is about to be James Harden and he didn't defend at all. Yeah. So if you if you can shoot, pass, and dribble, you got you have a place in this league for sure. And so uh ball dependent, this is not true. When uh Doncic played uh, a summer with with Goran Dragic. He was off the ball, and he succeeded very, very, very well. It was in that piece. Uh, who was that piece I'm thinking of? The ESPN. Mike Schmidt. Mike, Mike Schmidt had a piece, but also there's another one. Um, oh, what's her name? Oh, Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes. Yeah, Mina Kimes wrote that oh, yeah, piece yeah, about that about uh about how and Doncic was quoted in it a couple times about how he was surprised that Doncic was able to. Um, thrive with him so much playing off the ball and then shooting guard like he's six eight <laughs> he can play he can play three charks thinks that he's gonna be able to play four he said that on our podcast he thinks he's gonna get four in the nba we don't really think that as much but i think he could play four you, you i'm kind of leaning towards it but we'll talk about him in a little bit yeah like you could you could put him there i mean how many guys right now are playing four? i mean look at the celtics right now playing tatum at four they play jalen at four they play you know I mean, even you got like like the Heat today. We're playing Bam at a bio at at uh, at center. He's like six nine, six eight. He's like an inch taller than Doncic. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's giving up a lot of size there, but it's not like as far as girth and bulkiness. But he's not giving up a lot of height. So, all right, I went too far on this, but this is my that was my uh, Sodom shame as far as. <laughs> I want to expand on mine too much so we can get into our boards, but I had two guys uh, going really back and forth. It was it's like they were super excited with each other that they had. It found another person that believed the same way about Michael Porter Jr. I think and I'm in this as well. I think I was. In I this think too. you are in this. And these two guys literally just went back and forth in our mentions like all day. I'm like, you like Michael Porter Jr.? I like him too. You think he can be good? I think he can be good too. Oh my gosh, we found each other. There, there was literally a point to where one of them said, "Man, I'm so glad I found another guy that believed the same way I do about it." I'm like, "Well, congratulations. That's awesome." There should be a draft dating app. <laughs> Whoever prospects you like, you like <laughs> yeah, you get matched up by your boards. <laughs> so anyway, this this is not. I mean, I'm tagged in it, so I can see it obviously, but I'm not like responding to him. But this is Zinniford McDaniel. Um, you are you respond on Twitter a lot, or you reach out on Twitter. So shout out to you. I like your profile picture yeah, too. Yeah, Super happy. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's talking about how good Michael Porter Jr. is, which he's and a good player. He's good, but here we go. I mean, I don't want to say Dirk. <laughs> then don't. <laughs> okay. That right yeah, there, yeah. we could just cut the tweet off there. I don't want to say Dirk, 
But <laughs> Porter is the only player Stop. who slides Stop. in, and you can go back to running stuff like Stop. it's 2011. Oh, perfect, perfect for Carlisle. Well, I think that tweet just explains it. I mean, I don't want to say Dirk, you know. I mean, I don't want to go that far. But, but Porter could just be slid right. 2011, we bring Porter in. I don't want to say Dirk, but so anyway, uh, I really enjoyed that tweet. This is a longer conversation, and this is a piece that I've I've just recently started that I'm uh, that I'm thinking about doing. I think specifically Mavs fans get in this mindset of like, okay, this worked in the past, and so we need to recreate this. The whole idea of Nerlens Noel was going to be Tyson Chandler, and well, we have Dennis Smith Jr. He could be you know like this guy, or you know just this idea that you have to just like the only system that the Mavs can run is this Dirk is the centerpiece, a rimmed a rim defending like rebounding center, and then like yeah. these shooters and stuff like that. Like okay, we're just replacing this piece, replacing this piece, and even Donnie Nelson. I think Donnie Nelson actually he he might think this way because he he talks about this a lot where he's like. This is a player that we've had in the past. This is who you can compare him to. Like the whole analogy of, of Nash, Finley, and Dirk. Like that whole thing I think yeah. just shows this is how fans think because they listen to that and they say, okay, we're just replacing these pieces. Now he can be this piece. And so now we need Dirk. We need a we need a 6'10", 6'11 guy that can shoot the three. And so they see it in these guys and they're like – and uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. That uh, that Dennis Smith Jr. honestly like breaks that mold. I mean, completely. So if you want, if you want that, I mean, he's not Nash. So <laughs> Complete, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not. I I think Donnie was just meaning like in a we need these three. And he even said he started off this sentence. He said, ironically, twenty years ago we started off with a point guard, and that was coming into his own and Steve Nash because they just got Nash a couple years into his career. They obviously drafted Dennis, and Dennis is a different player than Nash, but. And then they compared like the leadership of the Finley, you know, wing player, all that stuff to Harrison, all that stuff. But yeah. they know they're not going to replace Dirk. But, oh yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you have a wing and you have a guard, at some point you need some size to have some type of impact. And but anyway, yeah, it's just that mindset. But I'll talk about yeah. that at a later date. Let's get into our draft now that we're halfway through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the. Uh, this is just a reminder of where our draft boards, our top 10 was a month ago. I had Doncic, Ayton, Jackson, Bamba, Mike, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, Miles Bridges, and Zaire Smith. That was my top 10. Isaac's top 10 was Ayton, Doncic, Bamba, Jackson, Bridges, Bagley, Porter Jr., Miles Bridges, Lonnie Walker, Wendell Carter at 10. So there you go. Yeah. That's where our boards are. Isaac, any big changes in your stick out? Uh, I mean, Marvin Bagley for sure. There's a lot of stuff that just kind of went into it. Um, do we want to go down the Bagley road right now? Well, give me your top two and then go down the Bagley road because that's where you're going. You still have Aiden and well, Doncic? I, I want us to talk about Doncic. So let's talk about Doncic first. Okay. So I, I do have Aiden first. Still have that. Um I know, yeah, just don't overthink it. That's my only thing. Like, just don't overthink the DeAndre Ayton stuff. He is a very special talent. Now that people haven't seen him on the court for a while, it's like now it's like really people's starting to like really pick him apart a little bit more. If you notice during, you know, right towards the Pac-10 tournament, 
um, going into the NCAA tournament and people are seeing all the highlights and stuff. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, look at him. Yeah. And now it's like, he can't play defense. Cool he has motor problems. We don't do back to the basket anymore. We don't. So that's, they're, just don't overthink with Aiden. One or two. He's not Okafor. The, he's not Okafor. That's Wendell Carter. No, just kidding. Um, he's just, he's not that. And they're, there's a reason why, and I know Embiid's a special talent, but there's a reason why Embiid is such a matchup problem. There is a reason why some of these, you know, bigs in some of these situations, like you, I think you do need a big. And yeah, yeah, when you look at some of the top elite teams, you know, not everybody can be Houston and Golden State. So like, even with Boston, they have Horford. Even in Toronto, they have Ibaka, and Valanciunas still gets a lot of minutes. And you know, match him with somebody like Embiid and Gobert in Utah, like in Adams. Like you still, there's still places for those guys in the league. So anyway, Anthony Davis, good lord. Yeah, exactly. So like, we're gonna we'll, we're gonna do a pod for each of these players yeah. when it gets closer to the draft. But here's my thing with Doncic, and I, I retweeted this thing. Mike Schmitz um, put this back out. I guess it was yesterday, maybe today, and I retweeted it. But he, it, this was an article back in January. And that he he wrote is the first of three parts of the series he's doing on Doncic, and he talks about all the weaknesses and worries that we have talked about on the pod. I've talked about, and that it's that type of stuff. Like, listen, I still have him too, but these are these are the the worries that when you look at because he goes in depth in this article talking about how like DeAndre Kane and like this aggressive wing player over there. Play like picked him up full court and pressured him the whole game, and it just tore Doncic up. Like it just messed him up because he doesn't have the speed. In the piece, he quotes like Goran Dragic, and Dragic's like he's not fast. Like he even <laughs> says he's like Doncic isn't fast. And but in in turn, this is where it makes Mavs fans a little bit happier. I know I retweeted this European scout the other day or this you know, draft guy, and Schmidt says the same, said the same thing today, saying. Doncic is better, and this was one of my biggest worries for a long time. And I'm starting to change on it when I start reading some people that know more than I do that do this for a living, like Schmitz and some of these guys that yeah. travel to Europe and stuff, that are saying like he does better in a secondary role, and yeah. you know to where like with Dennis Smith being that primary guy, but but he talks about in the article about just how like Doncic struggles in the open court like like he's not going to push the defender he's not super fast that is going to go and finish in like all all this stuff because in he you know talks about these two games where these two guys like really got up in his grill and pressured him the whole game and he had turnovers different stuff and here's another thing i want to throw out there he talks about his bad body language and hmm. people throw out throw out that a lot last year you don't hear that anymore like you don't hear anything about that about luca and but like but yet like Dennis Smith Jr. You know that was everybody was throwing that out about him last year, but no one's saying about Luca. Um, whatever, you know, make your own conclusions with that. But anyway, he just talks about his lack of um, the athleticism part that some people want to look over. But and when we like, I just think the argument sometimes of the back to the basket guy doesn't work in the league. Well, I think you can make another case of a slow like a slower non-athletic guy that struggles to get past defenders who, you know, can struggle also. And he, Schmitz talks about in the piece of like, who does he guard at the next level? He's not going to guard ones. He's not going to guard twos. Then it gets into like, is he big enough to guard a four? He's just a very unique prospect to where like whoever gets him, 
you're probably going to put him on some threes, but you're going to have to have some wing defenders around him also because people can go blow right past him. So I don't want to seem like I'm bashing, but like we hear all the praise about Doncic, and it's it's awesome. If the Mavericks get the number one pick, if you're telling me who are they going to pick, I think they'll pick Doncic. But that's like those are my those are my only worries that people, if we end up with Doncic, people will think he's going to step in and be this transcendent guy right away, and he's going to have he's going to struggle when it comes to some of that stuff. So you know who he can guard. Andre Roberson, Carmelo. Oh, oh yes, he can. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, Doncic. This is Carlisle in the in the uh, huddle. Okay, Doncic, go get the most washed player, and you can you can guard him. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll 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 find we'll find out. I mean, there in regular season, it's not going to matter too much. In the playoffs, that's when it really really matters. Uh, and so we will uh, we'll find out in Doncic's first playoff series. What? <laughs> When that's really gonna be, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, hey, if it's if it's with the Mavs, I think they could do it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, but like, okay, so where does he play? And that's why I want I want to mention too. Like, Charks was talking about him playing the four. I think he I think he would be better suited in the, at the four because you know it's just like not like he's not gonna be able to keep up with a lot of these two guards in the league and the six eight body frame. They've already started grooming Harrison to this, which when we say he's going to play the four, what does that really mean? You know, like yeah, Giannis plays a lot of his minutes at the four, like you mentioned the other day. LeBron and too. So yeah, LeBron too. So that that's not a huge deal, but I I do agree with Charks that I, I think he would play the four with Wes Harrison and Dennis. It when we say four, it's really like the third wing. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, yeah, no, that really is. Yeah, that that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and Carlisle plays three guards anyway, so it's really like. He'd be the third guard, but just like used in a different way. Yeah, and it just kind of depends on matchups. Then, like, who would guard who, and you know, whatever. Everything depends on matchups, Isaac. Matchups, matchups. Okay, so you have eight. You have eight and one. Doncic two. That's our. That's still been our top two. Uh, we differ on that. Still, I still have Doncic one, eight and two. Uh, but number three has changed for you. Yeah, it has, and. A lot went into that, you know. I've had back, I've had Bomba up there a lot. I had Bagley up there. I had Bagley at one at some point, you know, when we first started doing draft boards. Um, moved down a little bit, but it really just comes down to just me thinking about Donnie's. The exit interviews changed a lot for me because we knew the draft was going to be big, and we knew that this draft pick was going to be big, but the emphasis they're putting on this pick that. They want it to be the third piece. They want it to be the, you know, you don't want to call it the Dirk piece, but like we were saying with the Nash and Finley and Barnes and Dennis, and they want it to be that piece. It's got to be a key guy. And it's just like if we land at three, I don't think you should go off. I don't think you should go off best fit. I don't think you should go off free agency plans either. And I I know I wrote this. I wrote this the other day, a, a piece on this the other day saying, remember the draft order. Okay, I mean, remember the order of the offseason. The draft comes before free agency. Yep. Dallas, please, the Mavericks, please do not draft a player based off your free agent plans. Yeah, especially Don't with this draft. free agency class. Exactly. Like, if you want to go after Jabari, but you have Michael Porter Jr. as this, like, you know, top talent. You really want to draft him. Don't pass on him just because you think you can get Jabari and that you don't think they can play together. 
So, like, that's my thing. Draft night, draft the best player available, and then based off who you get on draft night, then go and formulate free agency plans, which I think they will. But, anyway, some people, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans are throwing out there saying, well, I mean, the best fit, if we get a center, if we get Bamba, then we could get a Jabari. But if we take Bagley, who can we chase after in free No, don't worry about all that stuff. It doesn't matter. Just take the best player available. Yeah, you you 100% get the guy that you draft. You don't 100% get these free agent guys. Exactly. So, like, if you're sitting there, if you're one of these people saying, well, I don't want Bagley because I don't know about his fit with Jabari, Julius, Aaron Gordon, one of these guys, don't worry about it. Like, like you, we don't know if we'll even have a shot at those guys. Yeah. So, stop with that. Take the best player available. But anyway, I just think Bagley is the third best overall talent with the highest floor. I think he can be um, a transcendent talent. I think he could be, we talked about today, I think he can be a mix of Chris Bosh and Amari. He, I think, I mean, he can, he has the shot. I always, I reference this a lot, but like, you know, he just dominated some guys up at the Drew League. He averaged 22 a game at Duke this past season in the AAC. When, like, when he averaged 21 points, ACC, what did I say? AAC. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, (laughs) Not yet, no. That's like Um, every time I write something that's MA, I just immediately type Mavs. Like, yeah. like the other day, I tried to write mac and cheese, and I just wrote Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just one of those muscle memory things. It's just. But, like, I don't think people understand how hard it is to average over 20 points a game in in college, and especially in the best conference in college basketball in the ACC. I mean, Anthony Davis, when he played it in the SEC, averaged 14 and 10 a game, and he was – he won every award and was considered one of the best players in college basketball this past decade. And he averaged 14 and 10. And I know he had some help and stuff, but he averaged 32 minutes a game. And so, like, he's not going to be Anthony Davis, but, yeah, I'm just all about him. I, I think that you have to take the best player available. And where I've changed on that is hearing Donnie talk about that third piece, hearing their uh, desire to find that next cornerstone thing. I think – I just think Marvin Bagley is it. He has the ability to I like he like the defensive things, I'm not as like worried about them because he has the athleticism. We mentioned it the other day. And like he could switch off and guard threes. He can guard fives at times. He has the the height to be a five in some of these small ball lineups. He has the touch. Like his shot looks good. I I'm all in on Bagley as the third best prospect. So Okay, you didn't change my mind, but something you just said made me move him up one guy. Ooh, I got one spot. <laughs> one spot. Uh, he, yeah, like the athleticism is going to help him on that. De- the defensive end is where he really struggles. But he was only in high school for three years. Where has he, where has he been coached? I mean, he was, at, he was at Duke for, what, five months? Yeah. <laughs> if that. So he's going to come in. If he comes in with the Mavericks and they can coach him, to be a, a solid defensive player, then it changes it changes a ton for me because the defense is what I really thought about. But then when you really think about how he's been coached, he hasn't. <laughs> I mean, he really, he really hasn't. How much coaching yeah. can you really do in that five months he gets at Duke? Uh, there, there would also be no absolutely no debate on how that they would bring him in. Also, he would slide directly in as the starting four. They would start Dirk at the five. They, you yeah. Know, and then when you look at the future of those big three of him, Barnes and Dennis, he could fluctuate between the four and the five, 
Barnes is still the three and a four. Yeah. Like you still have a fun. lot of flexibility of what you could build around also. But and I think you could still I mean you would I don't know if you'd be able to start these guys like this, but if you do get your hands on an Aaron Gordon, that's a super fun lineup of Dennis, Wes, Barnes, Aaron Gordon, and Bagley as like your I mean they'd be putting up about one thirty a game, but uh, you know, somebody would be putting up one thirty on them a game. But but, but you at least like maybe it'd the, be you, fun. You could you could you could coach up Bagley, hopefully on the defensive end, you know, to to be decent, like average. Then you have you have Barnes, Wes, you have average defenders in Bagley and Dennis, and then you have Aaron Gordon, who's a pretty good defender and really springy. Like he could be your guy that's like your shot blocker, like Romer guy around the yeah. back, and that that could be super fun. Anyway, that's just that's a pipe dream. But I moved him up. I'm at five now. Uh, I want to say this: you don't have to define his position now either. No, like, you don't. Dirk's gonna play one more year, so like bring him in if you have the chance. Bring him in and play it out. See what he plays best at. Play him at four next to Dirk. Play him at four next to like Asala or somebody. Play him at five and put somebody else at four. Like you have a year to. No one's expecting you to win a the playoff series next year. Like yeah. you have a year to play with it while Dirk's, you know, presuming his last year, and then you go into next off season saying, okay, do we need to try to get a four to go alongside of him, or do we need to get a. Uh, you know, a shot blocking five to go alongside Bagley. So you kind of would get a year there to figure out what his best position is. You don't have to figure it out now. Yeah. So continue to talk about Bagley. Uh, the the two guys, the four guys that I have ahead of him are Doncic and Aiton, which we've already talked about. Then Jackson and Mo Bamba. I still I still love these guys, and I love Jaron Jackson. I almost am thinking about putting Jackson over DeAndre Aiton, but I'm not going to be stupid and in, in like. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Jackson. So yeah. Here, okay. So. What was Jackson's biggest problem at Michigan State when people look at his stats and people look at his problem? He didn't probably his he was probably his minutes. I mean, he'll his like minutes, minutes, his role and stuff like that. Okay, so I want to give you. I found a comparison. Okay, Ten. so I want what? Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, just continue. Go ahead. Okay, so last year when some people like if you're listening, and you're like, oh, okay, I never looked up Jaron Jackson's stats. Who is this guy? And you go to his stats and like, why is everybody so high on this guy? Okay. So at Michigan State last year, he averaged 21 minutes a game. He averaged uh, 11 points a game, six rebounds. Let's just round these up. 11 points, six rebounds a game, uh, three blocks a game, and he shot 39% from three. Jeez. People people love that. Like, that's awesome. A lot of people with Jan Jackson, and they're saying, you know, a lot of people who argue the case for Jackson and say, hey, he only played 21 minutes a game. So let's look at his per 40 numbers. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at his per 40 numbers, it's 20 points, you know, 10 rebounds a game, five and a half blocks a game, you know, like 39% from three still, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. You double all of his numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Double all of his numbers. So like, and and I get that he is he was extremely effective and all this stuff. Okay, and here here's my thing. Go back one year. Look at and this this is this is one. It's a similar, very similar situation to me. Go back one year. Who was a big last year that came off the bench? Kind of Jackson started, but he was taken out a lot. Played with another big. Was the second best big on the roster. Didn't have a huge role in the offense, but people were looked at him and said, "Man, he has so much potential." Oh, Zach Collins, Jaron Jackson, seven foot, two forty pounds. Zach Collins, seven foot, two thirty pounds. Zach Collins last year at Gonzaga, ten points, five, six rebounds. Same thing, except forty seven percent from three. Played seventeen minutes a game compared to twenty one of Jaron Jackson. 
you can look at his per 40 numbers too and say, holy crap, look at those. His per 40 numbers at Gonzaga is 23 points, 14 boards, four blocks a game, you know, shot the same. So here's my thing. That's why, like, I, even though I love Zach Collins, there's still an unknown factor with Jaron Jackson to where I can't, I just can't put him in that upper tier. Like, I, he is, like, you can't differentiate, or however you say that word, between him and Zach Collins a, a ton for me. And I think they're both will be great, good players, but they're similar situations in college. And now looking at their numbers translating, like, I think they'll just be similar. And, and that's it, which is fine. I just, if we're looking at, if you move him up to two, that means if we land the two pick, you're saying take him over, DeAndre Ayton, Bagley, and all that stuff. You're walking away on draft night super confident. Oh, no. I mean, you're going to have some doubt there for sure, especially if you go two and you take a guy. I, I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him over Ayton. I still have him, still have Ayton above him. But. That there's yeah. there's this, some intrigue there. I can see your Zach Collins comparison, but Jaron Jackson's also super young. You know, he's got he's got a lot of, of room ahead of him to grow. Uh, he's I saw you know I saw him a couple times. He can make some stuff happen off the dribble. Uh, yeah, that's super intriguing. He's gonna be. I mean, he's gonna be a great defender. Just uh, you know, in general, really athletic. Um, and so. I don't know. There's that intrigue of that three and D big, you know. And Zach Collins played a lot of minutes in the playoffs. Now that team, yeah. that team that he and played on, got the same swept. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like trying to bash Zach Collins because I think he proved me a lot wrong this year. Yeah. But it's like when you look at that draft last year and you're saying, man, like a lot of people are like, why are they, you know, reaching for Zach Collins at ten? And a lot of people were kind of trying to consider him a bust right now, which that ain't fair. I just put Jared Jackson kind of in that similar boat of Zach Collins. To where that's why he's at, like, in that not as high as yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be honest, some a lot of these guys, like you said earlier, I'm going with guys that know better than me, that have watched, you know, this guy way yeah. more, that do this for a living. And Charks has him number two overall, uh, and he, yeah. he would take him over pretty much anybody for the Mavericks. And so I'm kind of there's a lot of it that is I'm going off of that and just kind of trusting him because he was right on Dennis last year, so. <laughs> That's who, yeah. he, that's who he really wanted. Okay, we got to move quick on the rest of these. Bamba I have ahead of Marvin Bagley because he's Rudy Gobert with a jump shot. <laughs> that, to, that to me just says that has such a high ceiling to me. And to put him with Dennis Smith Jr. and to have a guy. To, Dennis Smith Jr., one of the things that I noticed this past year, like when, when Nerlens came back, I think it was that first or second game that Nerlens came back and they played they played Nerlens, Dorian, and Wes. It was like all together. They had these guys that could defend and get turnovers. If you have a guy that can turn turn shots away and start to create some turnovers for this team and outlet passes, Dennis Smith Jr. just thrives in that stuff. Like Dennis Smith Jr. is so good in transition and when, and when his team gets turnovers. So I think if we're building a team around Dennis, I think having a rim protector is just going to be so important. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, if we're talking about best fit out of that next group after the top two, he's yeah. probably the best fit. Yeah. And – just everything with that, and I—I I mean, we—we've praised praised him. I had him at three. He's at four for me. These are—I don't see anybody there. If we're having to break down the tiers even farther, yeah. Then what it is? I—I I have Bagley and Bama in that next tier, and then I have the other three in that next tier. But yeah, I mean, 
bomb a seven nine wingspan. Look at Ru- what Rudy Gobert's doing for Utah in the playoffs, and you kind of just see that rim running type of big, that new role that the center plays in this today's game, like a Capella, like a Rudy Gobert, uh, stuff like that. And Adams, yeah, Adams, yeah. And I mean, he Mavs would he? Had, I mean, I know I'll throw this out a lot, but he attempted fifty one threes last year in college, and like I know he didn't shoot a super high percentage but he's comfortable with it and his shot isn't broke like it's something like rudy gobert doesn't have any three-point shot at all no. so like i could dallas would work on that for sure so he would be a freaking agent he would be super fun to have in dallas so i mean we land in the top four you're really comfortable with whoever they get oh for sure so for you ayton Doncic, bagley bomba then jaron jackson um <laughs> no Ooh, who do you have at five I have Mikael Bridges. Okay, so you're still there. Uh, yeah. I had I had Bagley was the guy that I moved ahead of Bridges. So now I have Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, Marvin Bagley, then Mikael Bridges uh, at six for me. Mikael Bridges, I mean, he defines what a three new prospect is. Yeah. He would. I mean, some people think. I mean, some people on your site, aka Kirk. What up, Kirk? <laughs> uh, you know, I think he. I think he has him like, like two or three. You know, he loves like. And just for the fact of like wings over some of these bigs and, and safety, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a super safe pick. He has like a seven two wingspan. You watch him in the NCAA tournament, you're like, man, that would be awesome to have alongside Dennis as like that second piece. I think he's a better scorer than what some people think he is. When you hear that three and D prospect, you think awesome. Oh, he just stands else. in the corner yeah. like Bruce Bowen shoots a three, and he's much you know better than that. He's more athletic. So yeah, I. It would not surprise me at all if we look back five years from now and Mikael Bridges is a top three player in this draft, and he's right there with like it wouldn't surprise me. It just depends on depends on. I'm super high on him, but it depends on a situation. Somebody tweeted at me and said you know, today and said, "Hey, like you like you pointed out with Mitchell last year, you all about Mitchell last year. Who's your Mitchell this year?" And I'm like, "Well, Mikael Bridges isn't really like a sleeper, but like he's my pick to be in that." Um, but then I, Lonnie Walker and S, SGA is my like Donovan Mitchell picks for this year. But anyway, we'll talk in November. But right. yeah, Get, move, moving on. Uh, I have Bridges at six, and then do you, we both have Porter Junior at seven. Well, I have yeah, I have Jackson at six or whatever. Oh right, right, yeah. Okay, you have Jackson, Bridges at five, Jackson at six, Michael Porter Junior at seven. Here's my here's my thing with Porter Junior. Like, you can't. I cannot take any anybody serious about Porter Jr. at this moment. But Isaac, he's the best player in the draft. I mean, I'm not saying Dirk, he's the, but he's the best player in the draft. Here's you can't like. I hardly I don't debate with anybody on Twitter like this, but like I wrote something the other day. I'm like, you're basing this off of high school, yeah, and before a serious back injury. So like, that's that's my thing. So like, until <laughs> we see what if you have to start your argument with, but throw the back thing aside, like. You know, if you have to start throw your argument thing, with throw that. Throw the past, like, year and a half aside, okay? Yeah. yeah, right. Like, that's just not starting at a good spot. When he was 16, he was – so, like, that's my like that's my thing. His talent is unbelievable, yeah. what it was. But, like, right now, I have to put him at seven until we find out something else. I don't – I can't – you can't take anybody serious about him right now until you hear about his medicals, you hear about his workouts, you see footages – until some uh, an update comes about him, I can't take anyone seriously that has him in the top, you know, like three, four, something like that. It's just 
there's too much amount of unknown. It's too serious of an injury, and he's looked he looked really bad, you know, over the past year. You can't just automatically assume, oh, he'll be back to high school, you know, and like no. you can't. There's no way you can do that. So it's like saying cousins, with- hey, cousins is gonna yeah. be just like he was before, like. So yeah. anyway, which by the way, we will have a full Boogie Cousins podcast yeah. next week at some point. I wrote like uh, two thousand words on it today. So check it out. <laughs> okay, uh, then at number eight, I have Miles Bridges for you. Uh, yeah, I have Miles Bridges too. All right, we have Miles Bridges both at eight. Then at number nine, I have Wendell Carter. You probably don't. Uh, I do not I have Robert Williams. Oh, I have Robert Williams at ten. I have Wendell Carter at ten. There we go. We have the exact same top ten. Mainly because it's just like, you know, I'm not. I don't like bottom love, four. Don't matter. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I like. I, I mean, like, I love Colin Sexton. I love Gilgus Alexander. I love like they just won't fit with. Yeah. Dallas. So like, reminder: this is a Mavs draft board. So like, we need a big. So that that's why I put Williams and Carter Jr. And I've just been rotating my tenth guy. Like, <laughs> I, I love Ron, Lonnie Walker too. I want to put Lonnie Walker in there, but I just think we need a big more than that right now. For sure, it's, if we get to that range. So there you go. That's our top ten. I have Doncic, Aiton, Jackson, Bamba, Bagley, Michael, Br- Mikael Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter, Robert Williams, Isaac has DeAndre Aiton, Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley, Mo Bamba, Mikael Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr., Miles Bridges, Robert Williams, and Wendell Carter Jr. the third. So that's our top 10 draft board. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Hold on. I want to promote something. And if you haven't, continue to go to Locked on Mavs on Twitter and vote. I think some of them are closing up right now. Uh, But go to at Locked on Mavs and vote. Your vote matters for our Mavs Academy Awards. We have a really great intro that I'm super excited about. Oh, yeah. It's great. (laughs) Don't forget, Friday is our Mavs Academy Awards. We've been doing votes everything uh it's gonna be a a super fun show go back to listen to monday and tuesday if you haven't hear the nominations of some fun awards all that stuff i want to push my my latest piece for maps.com i haven't mentioned that but i wrote a long piece um what 25 300 3000 words something like that on um just to climb back up the mountain and i i did this parallel between climbing mount everest and uh how the mavericks were on to on the mountaintop in 2011 and how now we are on our way back up the mountain and we have a couple pieces and it's a long piece. It's a lot about uh, exit interviews and just a bunch of quotes and stuff, but uh, I enjoy it. It's like my pinned tweet on Twitter. So go check it out. There you go. Check that out guys. Thank you so much for listening to locked on Mavs. Boom. Mavs Academy awards on.